0: Welcome to this episode of The Square. Today we're actually going to be doing part two of a conversation we started a few weeks ago on the value of place, which is really just re-examining work post-pandemic. Now just as a refresher, we talked a little bit about the fluid worker, we talked a little bit about um, how we look at spaces that were culturally important to an organization and, and what they look like now with all the change going on, And then we also looked at communication and how important that is uh, throughout an organization. So today I'm joined with Emily Strain. Thank you for being back, Emily. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. For
0: those of you that don't remember, Emily is our Director of Workplace Strategy. We're also joined with Lindsay. Uh, Thank you so much for being back here, Lindsay. My pleasure. Um, Lindsay is the Interior Market Sector Lead, and then we're really excited to have Dr. Tracy Brower. Thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And so uh, Dr. Brower is actually a principal with the applied research team at Steelcase and is also a contributor to Forbes.com and to Fast Company. So Lindsay, tell me a little bit about why you felt it was important to have a part two of this conversation.
1: Absolutely, in part one of the value of place, we we just barely started touching on some issues that I think are so important. And that are the issues of trust and belonging and mental health and well being, and how the workplace can contribute to that. And so, I wanted to get this group together to dig further into those particular issues when we talk about the value of the workplace in the future.
0: So, Tracy, tell me a little bit about your connection to work in the workplace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, working for Steelcase,
2: for sure, we're so about research. And we've actually talked to 331 groups over the last few months or so and constantly talking and learning with clients about how it's going. And um, my personal research is around the sociology of work. So really, really steeped in this area.
0: Awesome. Emily, obviously Director of Workplace Strategy, this is something that's going to have a big impact. Tell me a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it's always been important to me personally to create places where our clients thrive. And so right now we're really going through this kind of reinvention of what work is and how place impacts it. So really great conversations going on right now. We're also doing research, um, just trying to figure out what the future looks like.
0: Yeah. So. Lindsay, you know, this all kind of started with an article that you read that actually Tracy wrote um, for Forbes. Tell me a little bit about that article.
1: That's right. Um, Tracy wrote an article in June um, that was called Why the Office Simply Can't Go Away, the Compelling Case for the Workplace. And to say that that article struck a nerve with Emily and I would be putting (laughs) it mildly. You know, we felt like someone else felt the same way we did about the the really important role of the workplace to, to how we thrive, how we feel, how we work together, what we create. Um, And so that really started a conversation. And the first thing I wanted to ask Tracy is, you know, here we are many months past when you wrote that article in June. Um, How have your thoughts changed or have they? Oh, that's
2: such a big deal, isn't it? We're so in this mode of adaptability and figuring our way through this pandemic. I think a couple of things. I think, you know, like in the article, we talk a lot about innovation and the criticality of innovation, but also the criticality of Humanity and like just being able to feel connected. And I think those are so important. And four months later, six months later, they're still even more important. The other thing I think that's really interesting to think about in terms of the office is kind of the intentionality about the way that we work. Like we can think about, oh, I need to be in the office for this meeting or this interaction. But a lot of times it's that interstitial interaction. It's kind of the connective tissue It's not just the meeting I had with somebody in the conference room. It's the person I ran into on the way to grab another cup of coffee. Um, And I think we can't underestimate the way that our work is kind of braided together. So it's not like I could just perfectly sit at home and do focused work and then perfectly go into the office and do collaborative work. Mm -hmm. That innovation, that humanity come from that braiding and that interconnection of the way that we work across time and within the office
0: so let me ask then from where you sit today do you think that's the highest value of the workplace
2: i really believe that one of the highest values of the workplace is all about um humanity and connection like one of the things we know from sociological research is that we absolutely need each other we are herd animals we're tribe animals we talked in the intro here about trust and belonging and I think we just really, really need each other. Um, we actually get a hit of oxytocin, a really good feel good neuroscience uh, chemical, which tamps down um, neuroscience chemicals which um, cause stress and less well being. And so we really need this for our collective well being and for our individual well being.
0: Well, I think that's a good segue. Emily, you've talked a lot about um, our need for belonging. Can you tell me a little bit about the role of the workplace in belonging?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with what Tracy said. Um, And I think the workplace plays a huge role in belonging because it creates shared experiences. Mm. And when we talk about sharing experiences, we really... um, you know, memory is tied to all your senses. So if you think about going to a football game, you know, you're kind of wrapped up in the energy of the crowd and the sounds and the smells and all of that, right? You're creating that shared experience versus when you're sitting at home alone very sadly watching (laughs) something on TV. It doesn't really have the same connection, right? And so that's why I think value um, of the workplace is so important to create those connections. We also get a lot of social cues when we're in place together that tell us that we belong. So my son, I was telling you earlier, started kindergarten on Zoom, uh, which is an experience. Yeah. <laughs> and on his first day, he told me something that just really stuck with me that he was terrified to speak. Now, my son mm. is never terrified to speak ever. <laughs> um, but the thing that I think he experienced that so many of us experience is he wasn't getting any of those social cues that he belonged mm. back from that screen of people. Nobody sat by him at lunch. Nobody asked if they could, you know, play with him on the playground. And those things happen to us in the work environment, right? Somebody stops... Um, when you're in the break room and says hey how is your morning going they've made the um the energy they've taken the time and the social cues to tell you that they care about you and that you belong and that's the thing that i'm seeing is missing um, when we're not in physical place together
0: well okay so then Tracy you've done a lot of writing and and uh and research on the relationship between well-being and work um specifically mental health what does that what are the challenges that are facing this uh this new stage of work
2: yeah, wow. You know, one of the things that I really value, Steelcase as a model of well-being that is not just about physical well-being but about emotional and cognitive well-being as well. And so I think that holistic look at well-being is so important. You know, like when we're in the office together, we can move from place to place, which is great for the physical, but it's also that emotional piece. And I love what you're saying, Emily, about just that sense of, um, that sense of belonging. There's a sociologist who writes about the idea of collective effervescence essence. Isn't that cool? I'm just learning that new term. But that's that idea, that bandwagon effect that we take um, really energy from each other and from being together. And we also get a sense of our own identity. You know, like I'm a team member or I lead a team or I'm making a contribution to this project. And so all of those are important to our sense of well-being, our sense of ourselves and our sense of that kind of holistic nature of well-being. So it's right up there in terms of the what we're getting from the office and what we're getting from each other.
1: Hey, Tracy, how does trust factor into this? And when we think about work and and accomplishing things together, how important is building trust and how does the workplace play a role in that?
2: Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting topic. I just wrote an article on this one. One of the really cool things about trust is that Trust is actually generated when we have more familiarity and more proximity. Proximity is one of the number one determinants of relationship. And when you see people more, you tend to develop more mutual trust. The reason is that we tend to not trust what we don't understand. And when things are unfamiliar or strange, we have a harder time trusting them. So if I see you all the time, I kind of get you and I can kind of tune in to what's going on with you, whether you're having a great day or whether you need some help on something or whether you're a little off balance that day and likewise that tends to build a virtuous or a reinforcing loop in terms of, in terms of our trust of each other so the workplace is so important because we have that proximity we have that regular connection and we we gain that increasing familiarity and that continuing familiarity with staying close with each other
0: so on that emily have you had any kind of insights on mental well-being and the future of work
2: yeah, absolutely. I
3: mean, place is a natural driver of boundaries. And we know that boundaries are important for mental health. So we've been doing some research lately. We're actually in the middle of a qualitative study and um, that's going across the U.S. And we're talking to different workers who are um, in home and they have the option to go into an office if they want to. Mm. And one of the insights that we've been gathering is that if I leave my house and I go into another place, um, it really kind of protects the refuge of home. So our brains are sort of wired to uh, associate places with certain behaviors. Right. So I cook in my kitchen, I sleep in my bedroom, I work at my office. Yeah. And so when we take that activity of work, which can sometimes be stressful, yeah. and, and bring it into the place and the space that we feel that sort of safety, mm-hmm. um, it can create some mental stress in, in us. And that can, can lead to some tension. So what I find really interesting is, even though some people have said, yes, I can work from home, I just don't really want to.
1: It's not good for my mental health.
0: So it, it feels like that would just add some anxiety and kind of things would feel a little bit off.
1: Yeah. So I would add to that, I spoke a little bit in our first um, discussion about the absence of all the in-between places. Right. So part of protecting that refuge at home pre-pandemic was we were working in coffee shops, we were working in airline clubs, we were working at all the places in between work and home. And with those gone, you know, we've really kind of completely changed how we're living our lives and those boundaries that Emily spoke about have become more blurred than than ever before
0: well the other thing that you spoke about were not just the in-between places outside of the office but those places that were inside the office that were kind of culturally relevant Mm -hmm. how do those play in
1: absolutely I mean missing gatherings, so many organizations that we work with have really important kind of touchstone events in their companies and primarily those focused around some sort of gathering, whether it was how they celebrated or how they communicated information in person. And I think we're also suffering from missing those interactions and trying to replace them in a completely virtual way. But I'd love Tracy's opinion on, on this idea of boundaries in place. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just
2: like I'm loving what both Emily and Lindsay are both saying. I think that, you know, what's really interesting is if you look at the research on work life, right? Like it's always been about how do I leave work at work? How do I leave work behind? How do I make sure that I'm setting this boundary for home? And I think what we're hearing also from people is, you know, I got a lot of home right now. Um, I'd like a little distance from home. And so there's just something really healthy about a little bit of separation. And, you know, the right amount of um, integration, the right amount of boundary, the right amount of separation is different for everyone and very individual. But there's some separation that's really, really healthy. And we want to be careful about what we bring into the home in terms of stress and also careful in terms of how we think about spaces and how we think about also the variety, right? Like there's something that's difficult about always being in the same place. I'm shopping at home, I'm eating at home, I'm working out at home, I'm working at home. Just because I can do all those things doesn't mean I should. So I think that relates to what both of you are talking about.
0: I think it's interesting how that kind of transcends where you are in your life journey too. I mean, it, it's I've heard the exact same thing from, Friends of mine that are single that are at home by themselves versus friends that are married with kids because I think a lot of focus gets on the people that have kids at home because of school and a lot of other things but but it's interesting how that kind of transcends all different layers.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think just because I can doesn't mean I should is kind of the headline. Yes.
0: So Tracy, you wrote that we're in the midst of the most significant reinvention of work in our time and I totally agree. But where are we in that reinvention process?
2: You ask so many good questions. It's really, um, (laughs) I think this is something to pay attention to, right? Like, we don't just automatically reinvent. I think first we have to realize, like, oh, like something's really different, you know, and we've all kind of been hit over the head with that realization. And then there's kind of this deconstruction where everything kind of comes apart and nothing's making sense anymore. We're in the midst of that. And then we move to testing new things testing the water testing new ideas testing our thinking and then we move to reconstructing Um, and i think we're in the midst of this like deconstruct and test we're we're in this loop of okay it's not making sense anymore i'm going to test something new Did that work? I'm going to test something new. It's this little loop we're in, which is healthy, right? Like the greatest innovations can sometimes come from the most imposing constraints and barriers. So we really do have an opportunity that can accelerate where we're going, but it can be uncomfortable in the midst of it, in the midst of this kind of deconstructing and testing period.
0: Is that something that's tied to, you know, a, a timeline or is it kind of almost like the process of grief where you just have to go through each stage for however long it takes you?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a predictable process, right, where we'll go through a dip and then hopefully we'll come back up and be even higher than we were before in terms of our individual performance and our individual well-being and our um, team and corporate performance and well-being. Um So it's predictable at a macro level, but then I think we all have individual ebbs and flows. So instead of kind of a a clear line that we go through, there's kind of this kind of chunky line or this jagged line in terms of the ups and downs that we all experience. And that's natural for us.
0: As we think through the impact on individuals, you recently talked about, you wrote about this idea of temporal disintegration. Tell me a little bit about that and, and its effect
2: oh right like so this is where none of us know what day it is (laughs) where we're all like we feel like we're in this dystopian novel or this surreal landscape and it's actually a real thing this idea of we've talked a little bit about cognitive dissonance the things that we expect are really different than the things that are playing out even like minute to minute or day to day or week to week temporal disintegration is the sense of where time changes its pace, things go slowly or things go really quickly, and we just lose our sense of orientation. We lose our sense of equilibrium. And so even though we're kind of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting through, we're kind of losing track of the days and the weeks and the weekends kind of mixed together. That is that idea of temporal disintegration. And the thing that's funny about it is that it causes us to second guess what we're doing. It causes us to have to think harder about ordinary tasks that maybe are usually easier for us. And so it just introduces friction into the day. And it also, I guess, can introduce some bonding because we can say to each other, I don't know what day it is either. So it's just a weird and interesting time.
0: It feels like the first 2 months after both of my boys were born. Yeah. I had I had temporal disintegration. Somebody called that's it. That's actually
2: Blur's a really Day. great point <laughs> because when you're sleep deprived, your brain is working differently, and that idea yeah. of temporal disintegration actually comes from um like substance abuse or mental health issues where your brain is just working differently. So that's a perfect analogy. I love that.
0: So Emily, what do you think is the question you get asked most frequently about the future of workplace? Honestly? Yeah.
3: Uh, what are all your other clients doing? <laughs> and I, I think that spoke to exactly what Tracy just said about um, this idea of testing and moving forward. You know, everybody, at first everybody wanted to know, how do I bring people safely back? And now the conversation has really turned into, what's the future of the workplace? What does that testing process look like? How do we know what to test? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are those are the conversations that we're having now. But I think everybody feels like they like they're looking for the magic answer that someone else has figured out, and I don't know that anybody has that yet.
0: I'm I'm curious, Tracy. Do you? What are the questions you get asked most frequently?
2: Really similar to Emily, right? Like everyone's saying, well, is the office really necessary? And I think we're seeing this interesting pendulum swing in the popular press. No, we don't need the office. Everybody can go home. No, wait, we totally need the office. Somewhere in the middle is truth and reality, right? But then I think the other thing is, people are saying, what is the future? What's that right answer? And I think we need to realize there are multiple right answers in the future and probably no magic wands. And we wanna kind of learn from each other as we're moving along. So that question about what is the future and what's the right answer.
0: So I'm really curious and Lindsay we'll start with you. Tell me, if you look ahead three years, what is the change that we've had that you want to see stick?
1: Oh. Yes, I have an answer for this. So pre pre-pandemic, it was not unusual when we would undertake a workplace strategy or a workplace transformation project with a client, that there would be some subset of the organization that would say, we could never work that way. We could never make that kind of mm. shift in our culture. We could never embrace you know a new way of working in a more fluid or agile um, type setting. And so I think we can. In the great experiment that we've been through, we've certainly proven that workers are extremely adaptable so i i sincerely wish that three years from now we can start these projects with a really open mind having been through this process and and understand that a lot of things are in fact possible
0: we'll never say never again maybe (laughs) (laughs) emily how about you
1: well
3: I'm really loving this idea of empathy and humanity in the workplace. I think we've all been through quite a year (laughs) (laughs) Um, with all the different things that are going on and, you know, seeing um, leaders being more flexible and people sharing experiences and being more empathetic. I do think it has bonded us in a way that really affects
2: how we'll work in the future. Mm.
0: Tracy, let's wrap up with you. What what does that change that you want to see stick?
2: Yeah, it's everything that Lindsay and um, Emily talked about in terms of like people open to new things, people more empathetic toward each other. And I think I just really, really hope that we have this opportunity to kind of bond together, you know, like when you face a common enemy, that's a really great impetus for people to come together and feel a greater sense of, I don't know, togetherness or unity. It's not just kumbaya, that's good too, but it's really that like sense that we're in this together, that we can make it through and that our different points of view actually make us stronger over the long term. So hopefully it's a little bit about that bonding and about that kind of stick-to-itiveness at a collective level.
0: Well, Emily and Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. And Dr. Tracy Brower. we really appreciate you being with us in this conversation and and letting us kind of be the benefit of a lot of your experience. If you have enjoyed this uh, episode, please make sure to let us know in the comments below. If you have questions, we'd love to, to have a conversation with you. And make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Square.